0: But not just to talk about it. I mean, our real desire. I know for me, um, and for all of you who are in here, that uh, we want God's peace that he came to give us to become our reality. And as your response get how many of you want peace? Everybody's like, I need peace, right? I mean, we want it, and we need it. And um, and we know this. I I don't know if there's any better time, actually, to, to talk about peace. So here's what I want you to do. Every one of you have a card that's on your seat. And this is for you. And um, hopefully you grabbed a pen on the way in. If you don't, you can borrow maybe someone you're sitting next to. But as I go through this, here's what I'd love for you to do. Some of you already know right now what it is that you need God to touch to give you peace. And so for some of you, and all of these are things we're going to be talking about in the next three weeks. For some of you, there's just anxiety and fear that's rising up inside of you. And maybe that's what you need God to come in and touch. And for some of you, it's not just something that's inside, there's circumstances that are going around. It's your finances. Um, or maybe it's a job situation. Or maybe you have a health concern that's robbing you and you need God's peace. For some of you, we're gonna talk about this in a couple of weeks, and I, I, I can't wait to talk about this. But for some of you, The peace that you need from God is in an interpersonal relationship. For some of you, there's a conflict going on and you cannot resolve it. And it's killing you. And God said, I came to bring peace amongst you. And for some of you, it might be you might just need peace with God. I think sometimes we have some things that go on inside of our life and, and we have this real misperception and there's distance between us and God. I don't know what it is, but here's what I'd love for you to do. If God could, this month, come in and touch an area of your life or in your heart where there's a lack of peace, what is it? What's that one thing? And write that down on your card. You can write, and if you need more than one, go ahead, because <laughs> I know there could be lots of things. But I'd love for every one of you to think about one thing that you wish God would come and bring his peace into your world. And I, I will say, I, I think there is no better time for us than now to talk about peace. Um, there's no better time in our world. I've, I've shared this a couple times in the last few months. That it is well, a well-known fact now that the number one mental disorder in the United States is um, anxiety disorder. 40 million Americans are struggling with this it's it's the number one thing that's going on so should we talk about this it's like here's and this is why christmas is so huge is god is saying i've come and he knows right god knows that the biggest struggle in our country is that people are struggling with fear and anxiety and so i i also want to encourage you man if you have friends if you have co-workers family members who you know this is their issue this is a great time to invite them as we'll be diving into the depths of how peace can hit us. But this also is the best time to be talking about peace because um, it's Christmas time, right? And nothing robs our peace more than Christmas. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? I mean, I, I, I don't know about you, but can't, like, I know here at K2 we're like, oh man, we can't plan a bunch of stuff because everybody's calendars get so full and there's just more stress added during the month of December, Right? So we have that going on. And then you have financial stress that happens and rises up because it's Christmas and people are trying to find enough money to get the gifts they've got or they're going to stick it all. Please don't do this. Put it on your credit card so then January can be your stress month instead of December. But this, it rises up family issues, um, financial issues, I'm sorry. But and I gave away my next one. <laughs> but here's, here's, I don't know if you guys know this, um, but the month of December is the, the highest rate of suicide happens in the month of December. Why is that? Why is it that there's such a lack of peace during this month? And I think normally it's because peace often, as we're going to learn this month, is a very relational term. And what the holidays do, as many of us in this room will be excited to be with family, there's a whole bunch of you in this room where it's like, I hate this, I hate Christmas. I hate this month. Because it just reminds me of what I don't have. I, I remember for me, that first Christmas after my mom died, that was just a really, really hard Christmas. And for some of you, I, I don't care where that loss is, some of you this year, you, you, you have lost that has happened. And it, it can be through death, it can be through divorce, it can just be through somebody moving away. And you're and you're gonna feel a loneliness this time of year. And some some of you feel that deeply. And man, God, I just tell you, He says, I wanna come, and I wanna bring you peace in the midst of that. And for some others of you, it's not that somebody's gone, it's like they're not gone, and I have to hang out with them, right? <laughs> like, oh, Merry Christmas to me. So and, 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 and so here, are, here we are again, it's like, uh, so God's like, hey, Merry Christmas, and you're like, oh my gosh, I gotta go home and be with my family, and, and it's gonna happen again, and, um, and so this is a huge time to talk about peace, and I, and I seriously, guys, I cannot wait um, in a couple of weeks when we talk about how in the world can we have peace with each other, it's a huge issue. But I also want to say, this is a great time for us to be talking about this as a church for K2, because there's a lot of change going on. And even when it's exciting change, and then even when we believe it's really positive change, change is just, it's hard. <laughs> and, and sometimes there, there just is, there's anxiousness that comes up with something that's new because you're not sure how it's going to be. And, and we thought, how great is it that we're all crammed in here together? And some of you, are, I, I talked to some people in the first service, it's like, yeah, this is my first time ever being in this building. And it's just different. And there's a lot of chaos going on here right now. And we just thought, how better for us to spend time in preparation for this move that God has for us to say, in the midst of all of this, we have a prince of peace. And so that's why we're doing this, you guys. It's, it's, uh, it's going to be a huge thing. So if you didn't write that down, get something on your paper. We're actually going to give you a chance to do something with that later in the service that I think will be powerful for you. All right. So here's where we're going to go today. We're going to go to an Old Testament prophecy. Um, it's in the book of Isaiah and uh, chapter 9. So if you have your Bibles, you can open up to Isaiah chapter 9, and, um, or you can grab it up on your phone. I'm going to explain a little bit, and then we'll throw it up on here on the screen. But let me give you some background. Here's what's going on. <clears throat> so Isaiah is a prophet who came at a time, and you're going to hear a couple um, of two of the tribes, uh, okay, the Jewish tribes, Zebulun and Naphtali. And uh, these two tribes were in, and maybe this uh, word will be a little bit more familiar to some of you, They were in the area that's called Galilee, okay? And this was the northern part of Israel. Now, this northern part of Israel, though, was kind of a melting pot because this is where Israel kind of ran into the rest of the world. And what you find is God was always warning them, listen, I want you to be my people, and I want you to reveal my goodness and my love uh, to the world. So be really careful because if you start meshing yourself with the world, then you're going to lose this. And, well, that's exactly what happened. This area, Galilee, in the northern part of Israel was a melting pot. There were Hebrews there, Canaanites, Arameans, Hittites, Mesopotamians. And um, and eventually what happened was Israel's king at that time became really corrupt. So he stopped following God, became all about himself. And when you have a ruler who becomes like that, then it affects everybody in the land. And so it was a really, really dark, oppressive time in Israel. And then eventually what happened in 2 Kings 15-29, we find that the Assyrians, another country, came in, and they took Zebulun and Naphtali, the Galilean area, and they took the people into captivity. So there was very, very little peace. There was a lot of conflict. Living under the oppression of someone else and seeking God. And that's where we find ourselves. Here we are, Isaiah chapter 9, verse 1. So God sends Isaiah the prophet, and here's what he says. Nevertheless, that time of darkness and despair will not go on forever. Now listen to me, because here's what I believe God wants to tell you today. Some of you in this room, your heart is full of darkness and despair. You have very little hope, you have very little peace, and it's real. And here's what God says, nevertheless, even though that's your reality right now, darkness and despair will not go on forever. Is that good news? And it's real for you. This is what Christmas is for. The land of Zebulun and Naphtali will be humbled And I want to tell you, man, I I just know when when you're in a dark time and when you're you're struggling, it feels like it's very humbling to be in that. And I want to tell you, man, especially when you're a feeler. I'm a feeler. Any other feelers in this room? Isn't it great to be a feeler? Man, because when things are good, it's awesome. And when things are bad, it sucks. It is really hard to be a feeler. And I know this, ma'am, my darkness, I know this. I know what it is to be in dark times. And I know what it is to feel in despair. Please pray for my wife as she walks through these times with me. But here's what it is. The land of Zebulun and Naphtali will be humbled. But there will be a time in the future when Galilee of the Gentiles which lies along the road that runs between the Jordan and the sea, will be filled with glory. And this is, I believe, what God wants to say to you today and throughout this month. I believe he wants to take what's on your card, what's in the deepest, darkest, the most despairing places of your heart, and say, listen, I know it's humbling. But it will not last forever. And the same place in your heart that's in darkness will be filled with glory. And this is what Christmas is all about. So it says, the people who walk in darkness will see a great light. For those who live in a land of deep darkness, a light will shine. Now, when it says here, a deep darkness, the actual words mean it's where death casts its shadow. Now, I don't know, man, if this is the greatest month for the struggle of suicidal attempts. I just got to say, I'm sure in a room this size, some of you are in really dark places. Some of you are walking in darkness. Some of you are living in a land where death has cast its shadow. And here's what Christmas says for every one of you in darkness and despair. You shall see a great light. Now, here's the best news, you guys. It doesn't say that all of a sudden they make themselves light, does it? <laughs> no, they don't do anything at all. They're in darkness. They're in the place where death has cast its shadow. And in the middle of that, a light comes. It just appears. And they did nothing to get it. It's called grace, it's a gift. And that's what Christmas is. It's a gift to you. And so if you've been in that place, I am so glad you're here. I believe you are, this is not a, a mistake or a blown circumstance that if your heart is heavy, God wants you here today to let you know Christmas is about a light coming into your darkness. Verse 3, you will enlarge the nation of Israel and its peoples will rejoice They will rejoice before you as people rejoice in the harvest and like warriors dividing the plunder. For you will break the yoke of their slavery and lift the heavy burden from their shoulders. You will break the oppressor's rod, just as you did when you destroyed the army of Midian. The boots of the warrior and the uniforms bloodstained by war will be burned. They will be fuel for the fire. So we get to this, you will break the yoke of their slavery lift the heavy burden from their shoulder and break the oppressor's rod. For some of you, your, 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 your struggle with anxiety, it's not, an, it's not an internal thing. For some of you, you're actually living in situations right now where there is somebody else who is being the oppressor and it's stealing your joy. It is absolutely robbing you of your peace. This was the situation of the Israelites at this time. They had been taken away and somebody else, the oppressor was over them. There was a yoke of slavery over them. And some of you feel like that. And here's the good news, man. (laughs) There's another place in the Bible where somebody said, if you're weary or heavy burdened, come take my yoke on you. For my burden is easy and light and you will find rest for your souls. That's Jesus, by the way. Then he goes on. In verse 5, the boots of the warrior and the uniform bloodstained by war will be burned. They will be fu- fu- fuel for the fire. And all he's talking about here, you guys, again, is that there's conflict. And some of you have got that, and that's what it is. And he says, I can move in, and I can end this stuff. So, I mean, all of this is available, and then it's like, how, right? How, this is, how is this going to happen? And then we get to verse 6. A child's going to be born. What? I mean, can you imagine, right? Like, wait, we're under oppression, everything's horrible, it's dark and despair, and what's the answer? A baby. Like, what? Are you kidding me? And I I think about this, and I just thought, these guys must have been going, that's the answer, great. A child is born, a son is given. You guys, and I've I've always thought about this, shared this years ago, but I imagine what it must have been like in heaven, right? Because that's what the angels shared, right? This was their answer that this was going to be happening, that you would find a baby wrapped in a manger. And I always pictured like uh, all of a sudden the angels are up in heaven and God's revealed their plan. He's like, okay, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to come and I'm going to become man because I see the brokenness and I'm going to bring healing and I'm going to bring hope and peace and I'm going to save the whole land. And the angels are probably all excited, right? They're like, this is going to be unbelievable. And so as they get ready and heaven opens and rends it up and they look down and there's a couple shepherds there. Like, are you kidding me? That's it? That's all we get? But I tell you, this is what God is saying. His answer is a baby will be born. And the government will rest on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. And his government and its peace will never end. And he will rule with fairness and justice. From the throne of his ancestor David for all eternity the passionate commitment of the Lord of heavenly armies will make this happen so you guys whatever your darkness or despair is wherever you're feeling humbled if death has cast its shadow if you're feeling a yoke of slavery or heavy burdened, if you've got wars and conflicts a baby's been born and a child has been given And so when we talk about this, how how does this happen? And so what we realize is that peace, every time when I look in in the dictionary or if you look in the Bible, peace is a couple things. First of all, peace is the absence of something. It's the absence of war or violence or dissension or conflict. And that's true. If those things aren't happening in your life, and some of you are here today and you're like, if I said, how you doing? You're like, I'm good, Right? Because there isn't, there's an absence of those external things happening in your life. But peace is not just the absence of things. Peace is also the presence of something. And this is really important to understand. Because you know that what goes on outside of you, the external things, sometimes it's good and sometimes it's bad. And if your peace in your heart is based on external circumstances, then you're going to ride the wave. So, But it's not just the absence of things. Presence is the presence of something. And what Christmas is telling you and me is that God is saying, I will be with you. In the Old Testament, the word for uh, peace was shalom. Isn't that a great word? Shalom. Let's all say that together. Shalom don't you just feel better already? It's just, just got this like, shalom. You just kind of went, oh, okay, all right, everything's good. Okay. No, but the word shalom did not just mean the absence of something. If somebody says shalom to you, what they meant was full blessing in your life. And in the Old Testament, what you realize is two-thirds of the time that shalom is used, it's talking about the fulfillment in someone's life Because God's presence was with them. And so peace, on one hand, is the absence of conflict, fear, and anxiety. But peace is also the presence of God. And this is what the prophet Isaiah, what God was trying to say through Isaiah was, I want to come into the darkness. I want to come into the hardship of your life. I want to come in. And so a child is born. Now, here's what's interesting, and this is the biggest key that I hope we can get across today. Um, John Oswald was a uh, president of uh, the college I, I went to. He wrote a commentary on the book of Isaiah, and here's what he said. How will God deliver from arrogance, war, oppression, and coercion? By being more arrogant, more warlike, more oppressive, and more coercive? Is that really the answer? Surely, God was powerful enough to destroy his enemies in an instant. And yet again and again, when the prophet comes to the heart of the means of deliverance, a childlike face peers out at us. God is strong enough to overcome his enemies by becoming vulnerable, transparent, and humble. The only hope, in fact, for turning enmity into friendship. The only hope to turn enmity into friendship. Think about this, you guys. You know, we all know this. If there's someone who's been negative towards you, against you, who's accused you, who's let you down, who's hurt you, if your response is, "Well, then I'll let you down and I'll hurt you and I'll accuse you," what happens? <laughs> you, you just you just feed each other. There's conflict. The only way that enmity can actually be turned into friendship is somebody needs to respond differently. So now somebody has to say, I'm not coming at you the same way you came at me. Somebody like Jesus, and this is why a child was born. This is why a son was given. It was a huge deal. And God was trying to communicate something, to say, I can come, and I can change the enmity in this world. But the way I do it is I come like a baby. And you guys, this was such a huge deal, right? So I kind of, I I jumped the gun on the angel thing. So here's the thing about this. So the angels do, they're preparing to come. And you would think, and and they come to these shepherds. And if you don't know anything about shepherds, shepherds were the lowest status on the totem pole. Their testimony in a court of law wasn't even considered valid. And so the angels literally come and they open up the clouds and they're probably all excited because they're, and then they look down and it's a field with a few shepherds. What is God trying to communicate? And then you can imagine the shepherds, right? Because it says, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord, and this will be a sign to you. And you can imagine, I I don't know, if you think back to the story, if you were sitting down there and you were a shepherd and angels all of a sudden appeared and and shone down on you and started singing to you, what would you do? Yeah, besides just totally freak out. (laughs) But if they were saying, and here's a sign to you, you would probably be thinking, oh my gosh, God, the Messiah is coming. That means we're going to get to go to Jerusalem. I bet you we're going to go right to the palace. We're going to be able to go to the highest place because if God's being born, this must be beautiful and glamorous and honorable. And instead, the shepherds say, this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a feeding trough. Do you guys know that's what a manger is? It's not these pretty little things we do now a manger literally was where the slop was thrown into so the cattle and the, they could eat i want to tell you man god is trying to say something to you and to me if you want peace in your life the sign to you is that when god came he was born in a manger in a feeding trough and this is how God brings peace to the earth. And if we can start to grasp this, everything will start to change in our hearts. You guys, the sign of peace is humility. I like how my friend said it, he said it this way, peace only comes to earth wrapped up in humility. Peace comes to earth only wrapped up and humility. And so when we look at Jesus as this Prince of Peace, who now wants you and I to be able to live at peace with God and with each other and internally, the answer is humility. And we find it in His presence. Jesus, the Prince of Peace. So I'm going to tear apart these four names real quick for us. I was, uh, this week, as I was studying this passage, I was like, oh, my goodness. When I think about the things in my life that rob me of my peace, that cause anxiety and fear to come in, these, these four names that he says uh, Jesus will be called, right? He says a baby will be born, a son will be given to you, and he shall be called, right, wonderful counselor, mighty God, prince of peace. Oops, I'm sorry, everlasting father and prince of peace. You guys ever heard that before? Anybody know the handles Messiah? Okay. Anybody feel like singing it? Okay, yeah, no. I, I tried that a few years ago and, um, and it was bad. So we're, um, I'm not going to try that again. But, but, he, but that handle Messiah, you guys have heard this. But here's what he's saying to you and me. This baby who's born, he will be called in that culture a name meant this is who they are. And these four things, let's look at them. I'm going to look at the first three really quickly. And then we're going to look at the last one to try to help us understand how we can actually have peace. I want to tell you, man, Jesus, help us here, because we got done with the first service, and I talked to so many people, and everybody's like, thank you. I needed this so badly today. Tears in people's faces. But in every conversation I had with people, it's like, okay, this is great news. That peace is ours in Christ. The question is how do we actually live it out how can i take what's mine and really actually live it so here we go number 1 jesus is the wonderful counselor he's a wonderful counselor anybody ever need a counselor right can i just can i guys and give you a little bit of encouragement sometimes people by the time they actually come for counsel it's always too late and so i just want to encourage you man i love a counselor and i love a wonderful counselor right i love somebody who can give me advice That when I'm stuck in this place, and here's what I realize, robs me of my peace. I don't have peace when I don't know what to do. Anybody else? Like, what do I do? I'm a dad. I'm clueless. Right? How do I become a dad? I'm married now, and it's a mess. I don't know what to do. And so what we find is when we feel kind of impotent in that way that we can't really do it well, it robs us of our peace. And it's at times like those where we go, man, I need somebody. Somebody please help me know what to do. And the Bible says, when Jesus Christ came, he shall be called a wonderful counselor. And here's what's interesting, you guys. So what that means is, and I believe that the reason he's a wonderful counselor is because his counsel is completely different. It's so far beyond human understanding. So we're all trying our best, and it's not working. And then God says, let me come down to earth, and I will give you wisdom like you've never known before. But I want to tell you guys, the wisdom from God is so completely different than our human wisdom. I love Proverbs 3, starting with verse 13. It says, blessed are those who find wisdom, those who gain understanding, for she is more profitable than silver and yields better returns than gold. Her ways are pleasant ways, and all her paths are peace. So God has given us tons of wisdom. But when Jesus Christ came, you guys, he came with such a completely different wisdom. Again, he's born in a manger to a peasant woman. And what we find is that Jesus gives us a wisdom that the world can't understand. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 23, it says... We preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and foolishness to Gentiles. Well, what's that mean? See, because the Jewish people, they were so set on being good and religious and right. And they're like, I can make myself righteous. And then Jesus comes along and he says, no, I'm going to die on a cross for you because there's no way for you to ever be able to be righteous. Well, that was foolishness to them. And then you had the Greeks. And in the Greek world, they're all like, it was all about power. It was about esteem. It was about being everybody and having, and, and here's Jesus, and he goes, no, my wisdom is you humble yourself to the point of becoming a servant, even if it means dying on a cross. So when we're sitting here, and we're going, I need peace. And he's like, well, here's the counselor. And then you go to God, and you go, God, how do I find peace? And he says, absolutely humble yourself. Empty yourself of everything of your self-concern, and you will have peace. And we're gonna get to that a little bit later. But the first one is, if you don't know what to do, the best news in the world is he knows all things. He knows everything. And he is waiting to give you answers to your search for peace. So a wonderful counselor. Secondly, he's called the mighty God. And here's where I realize where I lose so much of my peace. It's when I don't know what's going to happen. Anybody else? Yeah, it was so fun. Uh, Patty Nation, she's in our Life Together group. She was in the first service. I may have shared this one time here before, but we were in our Life Together group and we were sharing uh, the, the verses that are most meaningful to us. And Patty shared Philippians chapter four, where it says, "Don't be anxious about anything, and the peace that passes all understanding will guard your heart and your mind in Christ." Right? She goes, "I love that verse." She goes, but instead of that, she goes, I have such a tendency to go, to go down the road to worst-case scenario town. Isn't that a great line? Doesn't that, that needs to be a country song, don't you think? <laughs> I'm on the road to worst-case scenario town. And it's, the, and it's so true. You guys, all of us, when we don't know what's going to happen, our minds immediately go to the worst possible case. And many of us, right now in this room, you have completely lost your peace because you're worried about something that may or may not happen. It's not even true. Do you guys understand that? And studies show that almost 90% of everything we worry about never happens. And I want to tell you what, man, when I don't know what's going to happen, I love the fact that I have a mighty God who can do all things. So Jesus Christ came and he said, listen, there's no way for you to know the future, but here's what you need to know. I am mighty, I am all-powerful, and I am God, and I am sorv- sovereign. And I think that's why the song that we're going to sing all month long says, Peace has come because our King is with us. And what God wants you to know today is everything that you don't know what's going to happen, you have a mighty God who's more powerful than anything that can come against you which leads us to the third one, which is so important. You are a wonderful counselor, Jesus. You are a mighty God, and you are an everlasting Father. And here's a third way I know that I lose my peace. And that's when I don't know if I'm significant. When I don't know that I'm valued, then it robs me of my peace. And I want to tell you guys, this is what's true, is every single human being on this planet All of us in this room and everyone you know is seeking to know that they're valuable. And so what we do on this plan is we come up with all these ways to show I matter, right? And a big one is look at how well I perform. And so if we're successful by what we do, and you guys know, some of you right now, it's like all the pressure that comes on you is because it's up to your performance to get people's approval so that you can know that you matter, and I want to tell you what, man, that is tough to live with. Because there's always the fear that you might not do it well enough. And if you do fail, you just lost it. And so God's like coming in and going, okay, hold on. You need to know that you matter. For some of you in here, it's, it's, you do all that because eventually if you can be good enough, perform well enough, get a good enough job, then all of a sudden you'll have the stuff that lets the world know that you matter. You'll drive the right car. And you'll live in the right home. You'll wear the right clothes. I mean, I don't know. You guys, sometimes, sometimes, I don't know if you've seen what I drive. You can drive, and all of a sudden you come in, and it's like, you don't even want to pull in next to all the other cars, right? Because you'll get out of the car, and people will, go, oh. It, it, so what do you wear? So for some of you in this room, it's what you look like. How many billions of dollars go into the industry to make sure that you feel beautiful? Because if you're beautiful, then you're valuable. If you wear the right stuff, you're valuable. And here's, I, you guys, it's, whatever it is, all of us have different things. Every human being needs to know. And the problem with everything that we put our hope into to be valuable and to show our significance, every one of those things can be gone. And then you lose your peace. And so, Jesus is the everlasting Father. And when I don't know if I'm significant, the one thing I need to know, here's what Jesus says is I am love. The everlasting father helps you to know that you are loved. Now I know this is so tough cuz some of you go, "Dad, gummit, I hate that." <laughs> cuz as soon as you put the father thing up there, I'm like, "Are you kidding me? Jesus is like my dad? So Jesus is going to walk out on me too?" <laughs> That's great. Oh, Jesus, he's going to be like a father. So he's going to be the guy that never talks to me? He's going to be the guy that was so busy doing his stuff that he was never present for me? Or is he going to be the guy that abuses me? Verbally, emotionally, maybe even physically? I mean, I know that when you hear the word father up there, and that's why we need a wonderful counselor, right? So much of us, our counseling is because of the father thing. I'm already saving up for my kids' counseling. <laughs> I, I'm serious, man. I mean, I love my kids, but I know I'm messing them up. It's what dad's role, for some reason, on this planet. But here's, but here's what God was trying to say is, an everlasting father, when a dad is being like God, you matter. And everlasting means it will never go away. And you guys, Jesus, we'll get to this next week in in the weeks. What Jesus revealed to us about the everlasting Father is we finally know what love is. And love is looking at every human on the planet and saying, listen, I know you don't even care about me. I know you are so far from being like me. I know you are so fall short and you fail all the time. And Jesus says, and that's when I love you. Security that gives a boot to the anxiety and fear that we are all caught up in trying to show how valuable we are comes when we run into the everlasting Father who says nothing, nothing will separate you from my love. So that's what we need. We need a wonderful counselor when we don't know what to do. We need a mighty God when we don't know what's going to happen. And we need an everlasting Father when we need to know that we're valuable. But let me just span, spend a last couple of minutes on this one. He's the Prince of Peace. And this is the mystery to me. That there's something, Jesus does love and he counsels and he's strong, but there's something about Jesus just in his essence where he is peace. And I just put up here, it's like the truth is, I don't, I don't know. This is such a mystery to me. But the truth is, he is peace. He just is. Now, why is Jesus peace? And again, I think it comes to the sign of Christmas. You're going to find him wrapped in a manger. Peace only comes to earth wrapped in humility. And what that means is, Jesus was love. In his very presence, he was totally love. Now, here, if you are full of love, uh, and maybe you've heard this before, if people say, well, what's the opposite of love? Right? And many times we go, hate. But I, I heard a guy say, he goes, no, the opposite of love is what? Fear. So here's the Prince of Peace coming. I want to totally take rid, get rid of your anxiety and your fear. Well, love is what does that. Because if you're full of fear, fear. It's your, the, the fear and anxiety rises up within us because we're thinking about who? Who are we thinking about? Ourselves. And so there's, some, there's so much self-concern that's inside of every one of us, and Jesus had zero self-concern. And because of that, he was totally at peace. Now, here's how it worked for him. Jesus came as a child, and I just read this again this week. He said, I never do anything on my own, but whatever the Father tells me to do, I do. So Jesus lived a sinless life. He never sinned. What does that mean? Sin is any time where we separate ourselves from God and we do what we want instead of what God wants. And Jesus never did that once. So what he did is he lived in perfect Submission. 100% humility was Jesus. And peace comes to the person who's humble. Peace comes to the person who submits themselves to God and who isn't living out of sync with God. All his paths are peace. So everything that we need for life comes from God. And so what Christmas is, you guys, is not you and I trying to make ourselves better, somehow, and this is the mystery, that Jesus, who is perfect in his submission to God, and Jesus, who is full of love for God and for others, comes in here. And he changes us. What was shalom? It was his presence. It's the presence of God. And I want to tell you, once we grasp this, then, no matter what the outward circumstances are, get a job, lose a job, healthy, unhealthy, in the midst of all of that, Jesus gives us Peace. Let me close with this. John 16, 33. Jesus says, I have told you these things. This is the end of his life. He told us, I've told you all of these things. Why? So that in me you may have peace. But it's in him, it's God's presence giving you his strength and his humility. In this world, you will have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. In the next one, John 14, peace I leave you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Here's the answer for you and me. It's Christmas. Christ born into a manger. Absolute humility completely free from concern for himself, saying, now let me come inside of you and let me give you the same trust, the same ability to submit yourself to God so that you can live in sync with him. And if you lose yourself, you will also lose your fear. If you lose yourself, you will lose your fear. And you will gain Christ. And no longer as the world gives, have it, don't have it, had it, don't have it. Nope. Jesus Christ, the Prince of Peace, no matter what. So as a team comes out here to worship, here's what I want you to do. I want you to hold that card, and I want you to think about this thing that's disturbing your peace. And I want you to just get to the core. Could Jesus actually come and give me counsel or power and might or love what is it that you need him to do and our first song that we're going to sing is just silent night it is a different version just so you guys know it's very easy to pick up on but sing with us and begin to get to that place where sleep in heavenly peace and let's start to believe that jesus came into the world to actually give you his peace and to strengthen you, and no matter what's going on, let's worship him together, let's sit with this, let's offer our praise to him, and then we'll move on with our service.